Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Sonway. Thank you for coming in and checking out the show. Really appreciate it. Got a big one today. Got my guy, Panels. We'll talk about his album with the late, great Lord Jones Scorsese, East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. Man, this is a real banger and a great tribute to the one and only Scorsese. An album they put together. As many of you know, Scorsese has been on this show twice and definitely been feeling a loss since he passed. But his music has lived on and many of the people he's worked with have been on this show and are are still putting out music with his lyrics and his verses. And this album here, it's a Scorsese album and my man Panels, who did all the production on it, is here to talk about this album and much, much more. So definitely stay tuned for that. And big shout out to Saga, my last guest. Definitely go check out his new album, Gutter Snipe as well as Wisdom Wears the Crown. And, you know, I've been doing a new thing here. We're going to start playing a flashback from the last episode just to entice you guys to go back and get my numbers up. Go back and play something from the last episode. Go ahead and play something from 80 episodes ago or 30 episodes ago, whatever. So here we go. Here's a quick flashback of Saga on the Infinite Banter podcast. One movie that had, like, a big effect on me is The Shining. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The Kubrick, man. The Shining is just on that, like, next level like you can pick that movie apart it's lay so layered i mean everything from the from the moon landing conspiracies to um the, even the shining ability like what it means um you know uh the kid had it and then the old man had it too um and it, it that movie is just in 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 so many di- it's got so many dimensions to it you could watch it for your rest of your life and, and pick up new info on it, it i love things up. like that yeah, it holds yeah. Up, man. i love music like that and i love movies like that it really has been a long time since I've seen The Shining. So shout out to my guy, DJ Real One. I know that's like his favorite movie. So I definitely need to watch it again. Probably a good time. It's snowing outside. We had a couple of snowstorms here in the Chicago area. Kind of feels like that last scene where Jack Nicholson is chasing that kid around in the big snow uh, tunnel. So maybe I should go ahead and watch it and get in that winter vibe since I'm stuck in the house anyway. But definitely go check out Saga. Salute to him. And like I said, he's got two bangers out right now. Go to Bandcamp check them out gutter snipe and wisdom wears the crown he's a lot of other albums and things you could check out as well but definitely be on the lookout for saga follow him online and check what he's up to on today's show like i said at the beginning we got my man panels on here he's done a lot of production over the years and specifically an album here with scorsese east hampton polo boys winter catalog they did a summer catalog about a year or so ago and we talk about that as well as the new one and just what it was like putting this album together with Scorsese. Man, it's just a lot of emotions when you play play this album because you're thinking about Scorsese and how, how he was just starting to hit his peak, man. Definitely stay tuned for that. I'm going to play a couple tracks from that album as well. And uh, in the interview, me and Panel start talking about Scarface, which I said is a... It's a good movie as far as being a hip-hop head and all the all the things it represents in pop culture and all that. But as far as just a movie, it's probably not that great. <laughs> so we're talking about bad movies. And he actually made a suggestion for me to watch this movie called... And I, I, don't, I hesitate to even call it a movie. It feels like a school project called After Last Season. And you know what I did? This is instant. Because after the interview, I watched it. It was 90 minutes of torture. Might be the worst thing I've ever seen. But I'll talk about it because I have a new Infinite Torture segment. And that is the movie we talk about. So panels, you got it. As soon as you told it to me, it actually happened. The room was scheduled to be on... But long story short, I fell asleep watching it, and the YouTube link expired by the time I went back to it. 
and it is not easy to find. So I am not giving money to that movie. <laughs> so I'll find it for free, and I'll finish watching it. It'll be on a future segment. But we've got one right now. Add water, instant, infinite torture after last season. Stay tuned for that awfulness. Yikes. <laughs> Went from The Shining to one of the worst movies ever made. This is the Infinite Banter Podcast. Follow this show on all social media places like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Rate and review the show on Podchaser and Apple Podcast, as well as stream it on those platforms and all other platforms like Spreaker and CastBox. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter. You'll find little excerpts from other guests that have been on the show. And definitely check out the Spotify playlist. I didn't pull it because of stupid Joe Rogan. I'm, <laughs> I still have a, I'm still on Spotify. I don't make any money off of it, so I don't know if there's any reason for me to worry about it. That guy. Wow. And speaking of medical things, although Joe Rogan knows nothing about medicine. So when it's really cold, I get like dry skin, especially on my fingertips. And what happens is like sometimes on the corner of the thumb, it'll start to crack a little bit. And if I keep, you know, ignoring it and not putting lotion on it or anything, it'll start to dry up. And it could even bleed. So yesterday I was trying to find a Band-Aid to put on it. Apparently all we have are kids' Band-Aids. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw me post a story about it. So I pulled one out thinking it was going to be like a regular, you know, adult brown Band-Aid. But no, it was a different kind of brown. It was a shit emoji, turd. It was a little smiling turd. And there was a lot of them. But what am I going to do? I, I needed to wrap my thumb up so it wouldn't get any... Uh, worse from cracking from the cold weather so uh there you go i had a turd emoji band-aid that's the life of a of a dad i guess <laughs> i need some regular ass johnson and johnson brown band-aids in the meantime it's either blues clues or turd emoji band-aids so i don't have a lot to choose from i need to get to the store <laughs> or i need to get a new sponsor i need some lotion sponsors is there a buffalo bill puts the lotion in the basket is there is there a a brand for lotion <laughs> a buffalo bill brand <laughs> somebody will get the the reference or puts the lotion in the basket <laughs> get tucked back lotion from buffalo bill <laughs> somebody will get the reference and they're either laughing or they're grossed out i don't know maybe both all right let's get into it let's talk to my man panels play a couple tracks from his new album with scorsese east hampton polo boys winter catalog and do an infinite torture segment talking about the worst movie probably ever made after last season but as always this show never begins until the one and only the king from queens dmc says this yo yo what's up this is me dmc the k-i-n-g the greatest mc in history and right now you're listening to Infinite Banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. And per usual, when we have a music guest on, I always like to play a song to get you guys warmed up and ready for the guest and the album we're about to talk about. So without further ado, let's get into this East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog album and let's play a track off of there called Steiner Math. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly what that means. And you'll hear it at the end of the song, of course. But this <laughs> song, typical Scorsese track, a wrestling reference, bars, and Panels does his damn thing with the production behind it. So here we go. This is Scorsese and Panels from their new album, East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. This is Steiner Math. And on the other side of this, we'll talk to Panels himself about this album and much, much more here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Here we go. Steiner Math. Panels and Scorsese, East Hampton Polo Boys, Winter Catalog. Let's go. East Hampton, East Hampton. 
full of boys. They fly shit. Corner market and suited fair for foolish bread. Disrespect your super dead. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. Dragged off after hopscotch for lost profit. Consider ass kicking your soft option. Blood pouring off your face. Open faucet. Moving nicks like we traded markets. Paying for starters. That's an appetizer. No main course for you, paper tigers. Purple sign, smoking purple cush. Flash the gap, made you look. Leave an Uber driver shook. Season three of weeds where you turn. Fuck the white up, turn the light up. I'm Scott Steiner, nigga, turn my mic up. Platinum do rag. Your bitch, your dog face gremlin. Time to retire. My chick got a perfect vagina. She thought she was my only. Just a dish on the course. Fucking nine bitches a day. I'm Harrison Ford. Acting loose with your lips, then I'm gripping the four. Red dots hit your top. Swear you're joining the moors. Your rhymes are lukewarm cores. Only crackers enjoy them. Rap bastards slap back. Let we'll the poison destroy him. I'm more with enjoyment. Come on. My green's so soiling. Take stars and destroy him. Time joining away the bullets. Hit your car in the morning. Cause you hardly important. Paramedics find your corpse. And it's partly contorted. Stacking chips on the record. Crushing every single letter. Closing QAnon. <laughs> I'm chilling on infinite banter with the homie DJ Soundwave. Peace. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now I'm joined by a guest that has an album out that many people, including myself, have been anticipating for a while. East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog from the late friend of the show and friend of many past guests who have been on this show, Lord Jones Scorsese. He handles the production on this banger of an album. Welcome to the show, the one and only panels. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm chilling, bro. 
you know, it's another day. I'm appreciative of you. Oh, man, without a doubt, dude. And this album, you know, uh, Griff has been talking about it for a minute. And just uh, ever since Scorsese passed about a year ago, talk about just the the idea of this album. Like, when did you know that this would be done or even the inception of it? I mean, how long is this making this album? Yeah, man, it was funny. We did Winter Catalog in 2020, around the beginning of 2020, right? Like around February. It was over a two-day process, and at the end of the two days, we were already thinking about Winter Catalog. Like, we already had the idea, like, kind of building from there. So it was like, you know, we thought about it. It was just a concept, just like the first album was. And then, you know, we just worked at it. And he was really quick with everything. So we already had the idea who we wanted to be on it and everything. Right. And, yeah, so it was really kind of a, a cool little time since when we thought about doing it and when we actually started working on it, you know what I mean? And everything was pretty much in place leading up to, you know, when he passed. So we had a cool little time frame where we have like a lot of ideas mounted off of each other and stuff like that. So it was around that. And summer catalog came out. What was it like? Uh, 2020? Yeah, it came out in August of that year. Right. He made it get released on my birthday, funny enough, on the 13th of August. Was there always a thought that maybe there'd be all four seasons? Maybe there'd be like a, a oh. spring catalog <laughs> or a fall catalog, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I think we thought about it just as like an idea too, but since like, you know, we had already released summer, like at the tail end of the summer, we were like, okay, we'll do it at the tail end of the winter and you know what I mean? But yeah, we definitely thought about it. Um, those just didn't end up actually like getting fleshed out in its entirety, but we definitely thought about it. We even thought about like doing something almost like a, like a legitimate catalog to go along with the album. Oh, that would be like dope, that. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like he was so like forward thinking with stuff like that, man. Because I remember when he was still here, I had told him about the whole thing with Midnight Express, with the whole ping pong paddles. And, you know, I was always so, you know, enamored by the stuff that he did. So it, it was something that I, I really appreciated. You know, he was someone that really wanted to be outside of the box with everything you know including with this whole album and everything yeah i think i need that robe that he has on a cover of midnight express i need one of those because it's cold yeah, it's cold bro, out here in chicago crazy. man <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like he, he really was just all about like being larger than life you know what i mean so no that, doubt that doesn't surprise me at all no doubt, man. Yeah, he's been on here twice, and uh, I like I always say every time I talk about him, it's, it's just uh, remarkable to me, like, the grind and the work ethic he had. He just was always working on something. I mean, even the last couple of conversations I had with him, you know, he was telling me about um, Nation Gang and everything. He's like, getting ready to drop this. I'm like, I'm ready, man. I'm doing all this. I'm like, man, he is just always going forward. So, you know, definitely salute on this album here. And, uh, you know, talk about, you know, some of the tracks on here, because like you said, there's some features on here. Eddie Kane has been on this show before. Zilla Rock has been on this show before. One of my favorite tracks is Language of Adam. And that one really is a banger. Talk about uh, doing that track. So a lot of the time when the songs would kind of get pieced together, I would just make it and then I would send it to Shells because typically he enjoyed everything that I made. And when it came to feature artists, that's where he kind of flexed his muscle and everything. Because I think he was already on speaking terms with Eddie Kane based off of everything he did on um, Midnight Express. Right. And then Zilla's obviously, you know, that's like family, practically. But as, as far as like the beats, I just wanted something to be like just different than Summer Catalog. Like, because thematically, you know, you want it to kind of fit the season. 
So with the first project, it was a lot more bright and kind of just like ear catching with kind of just sounding a little bit more warm. But this one, I just wanted it to kind of sound murderous or just like, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah, just man. really not, yeah, not not anything that someone would just jump into with like a smile on their face. I wanted to kind of like, you know, make them angry. So like that joint, I was I was happy that it hit as hard as it did. And obviously, you know, everybody on the album did really well, but people like Kane and Rock and you know what I mean? Like everybody was doing really well on it. Yeah, it kind of had like a, I don't know, 70s vibe is the right way to, to call it. But when I was listening to it, it kind of felt like something you could have been listening to and then throwing a Dolomite uh, movie or something afterwards. Like it seemed like it would yeah, fit in that yeah. time frame. Yeah, a lot of people kind of caught on to that. That wasn't something I think we intended to do. It was just something that he was a fan of. And right. a lot of that music too was really... Um, you know, horn heavy and like live instrumentation and stuff like shells love like samples with horns and you know what I'm saying. So it, anytime I had something like that and I would shoot it to him, it was like go like off rip. So, you know, it, it's just something that I think aesthetically he fit into without exactly, you know, deviating from any other type of music either. Like it wasn't something he made a point to kind of like separate, you know, he just enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. You really yeah. get that on the angel dust on my clarinet, what you just said. It made me think of that song. Cause there's definitely an element to that there. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And Doof did well on that one too, man. He really yes. closed that track out pretty well. Yeah. This one, this, this whole album, like I said, there's definitely a vibe to it and it's different from summer catalog, but it, they definitely go together. Well, two albums you definitely could play together and, and get that feel for and it's cold here so i'm definitely you know <laughs> the winter catalog is in full effect so you're in the midwest man i know you're in cali hey, so you're enjoying you know the nice 70 degrees or whatever man yeah yeah man um i'm very spoiled out here for real <laughs> how uh yeah yeah how far back do you and scorsese go when's the first time you guys started linking up uh i want to say it was the latter end of 2019 I want to say that's when we had first linked up because actually, no, it was a little bit earlier than that. It was in June of 2019 because I had just did a song with Estinac. I don't know if you're familiar with him from um, Lynn, Massachusetts. Okay. Really dope rapper. And I did that song and I was kind of in my infancy of working with people. Like I literally, that was probably the first person that I ever had rapping on my music. So I was on Twitter kind of just shooting it around and letting people know that I did this, you know? And DJ Muggs had posted something asking about underground cats or saying, oh, there's a lot of talent. So I posted a link to the song I did with Estinac. Shells caught wind of it and he ended up emailing me and he was just super professional with it. Like, it's so funny because it deviates so much from how he actually is in real life. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, you know, he was super professional with it. Like, you know, whenever you're willing to do yada, 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 I'm down to do it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I sent him some joints. And I wasn't even in the country at the time. I was in El Salvador. And he just kept posting a bunch of stuff on Instagram with him and Nation Gang rapping over to my music. And I was I was crazy hyped because like no one ever put that much effort into like, you know, booking studio time and getting things recorded professionally through my music. Yeah, man. So, you know, when he did that, I was like, oh, shoot, like, you know, I'm doing something. And I just kept sending him more music and more music. What turned into just like a couple songs here and there eventually turned into our duo, the East Hampton Polar Boys, because I forgot who, but someone had posted a photo of the East Hampton Polar Boys on Monday Night Raw. And I just jokingly said, that's our new, <laughs> that's our name. That's, awesome. like, that's our duo name. Uh... And, um, and we kind of were like, dang, this is actually kind of an ill name. And 
that's really just all that it was. It wasn't really much more past that. We just thought it was funny, and then we just ran with it. So yeah, he's a yeah. big wrestling guy, and that's that's how I was introduced to him because he he inboxed me on Instagram talking about man, uh, we do songs about comic books and wrestling. Somehow I figured out that was you know two of my passions based on my right. posts and such. And uh, I was like, yeah, man, let me hear what you have. And I'm like listening to it. I'm like, dude, dude, let's we got to do something because that's yeah, <laughs> you're talking yeah. about nerd stuff. I'm all about the nerd stuff. So salute man yeah yeah bro it was so funny man too because like that's something that i'm so that's so foreign to me if i'm being honest with everybody like it's it's something that i've never really like gone into full-fledged like so when he would kind of do that it would almost force me to try to know what he's talking about like, <laughs> good luck doing it, I'm like, you know what i'm saying so like a lot of times i'll be like dang like what reference are you even talking about or whatever and uh yeah it's funny to this day there's still songs that i'll like scratch my head at because i'm like yeah he was saying this this whole time like i didn't even hear that the first few times he said it you know what i mean no he even um, called me out uh, the last time he was on here uh, the marvel dc song <laughs> He says so many references right. in there. And, you know, I thought I was a comic nerd. And, and he's like, I was telling him what I was impressed with what he said. He's like, what about this right. one? This verse? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what that means. He's like, you don't know what this means? I'm like, oh, man. You calling me out on my own show? Yeah, come yeah. on. Come on, Scorsese. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, he was so funny, too, because, like, I remember saying this um, to a couple of friends of mine, too. Just the fact that he didn't mind letting you know how nice he was at rapping, like, if you were surprised by something like, like, wow, I didn't even know that he wouldn't be like, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. That's cool that you caught that. He would be like, come on, man. You know how I do like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, really, he wasn't, he wasn't humble about that. He was always like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So no, he took it yeah, up it was, a notch it was crazy. because I'm, I'm giving yeah, him props man. on his verses and he's like, yeah, but what about this one? You didn't catch this one. I'm like, oh, damn. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, like, almost- like you're the problem right he's like dude you heard like 90 percent of the verse but there's a bar in there you just are not catching are you you see you're a comic fan damn it dude killing me yeah man yeah i I think um the the funniest one to me was when he when he mentioned buddha jumps over the wall off the first project because he had said that and i was like bro how do you come up with these names and he said you don't and he said do you know what that is i said no i don't know he's like that's the most expensive soup on the planet Jesus. And I was like, what? And I looked it up and I, and yeah, Buddha jumps over the wall is the name of a, of a soup. That's like a super like expensive. I think it's a Chinese soup. And he was like, yeah, man, like I, I eat good things and I know a lot of cool stuff. See, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was a chip, dog. man. Salute to Scorsese, man. He definitely, definitely had us on our Google all the time trying to figure out what he was talking about. And then, you know, you hit him up with that. Yeah, I finally caught what you said three months later. I got it now. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you don't even want to say it because you don't want to feel bad. (laughs) No. Oh, that's the thing, right? Yeah, you're like, oh, man, uh, if I I admit that I didn't know, you're going to call me out and then you're going to make me do some more homework. for real. For real, for real. (laughs) I I think um, this is my last thing about that, too. Like, because you know how Shells, obviously, you mentioned earlier that he was a very – like, he, he grinded a lot. Like, he was always trying to do something. True, You're right. And, you know, me following him on Twitter, he was a constant presence to the point where when he passed, it was almost like a hole was put in everyone's, like, timeline. Because it's just, he was so active. Like, you would see him all the time. You would almost be like, what time do you sleep? Because you're always doing something. But yeah. what was so funny was... Uh, <laughs> He was uh he had a lot of hot takes on like rap 
and stuff like that. And it was hard because, like, he would get, like, mobs of fans, like, attacking him all the time because he would just have really hot takes on stuff. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I had even tweeted, uh, it's takes like this that make it hard to be Shell's friend. (laughs) (laughs) True indeed. Yeah, I think he had retweeted it and just put like a laughing emoji or something like that. Because he just didn't care. He was so outspoken about everything. He just was like, you know, it wasn't nothing that he was ever afraid to say. And I respected him for that. No, without a doubt. And everybody listening, they can go back and hear those episodes with him and Griff. And he caught me off guard because he started shitting on Juice. And it's like one of my favorite movies. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I, I even told yeah. him, like, I got to defend Juice today in 2020. Right, right, in 2020, right. I got to defend Juice. What is going on? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a salute to, to him. He's, he's uh, I, I've given props before and I'll, I'll do it again like you know a lot of the people like yourself that have been on here it's all through him so it, it's it's almost like he's he's helping me grow this show and and learn about new music and such and you know nothing but nothing but uh, gratitude for Scorsese and, and the legacy that he still is doing with this album right here you know I'm a big yeah, S- Star Wars nerd and right off the bat conversation with Palpatine I'm like here we go you, say less yeah. <laughs> talk about the yeah, intro man. here yeah yeah he, he went nuts on that joint too man that was probably the most unstructured verse that i've personally heard from him and a lot of people have been very receptive to his style of rapping on the project like i didn't even really catch it because obviously it's my project so like i kind of look at it differently but a lot of people have been telling me how he's just like it's just a different type of rapping that he does over my beats and i just really appreciated the fact that he was even willing to let me do a project solo with him right you know what i'm saying he he definitely gave me a lot of um opportunity i don't know if i've ever told or said this publicly i think i may have but um when we had made our first project he actually came out to la and booked the studio and we worked on the project together in-house and i didn't pay for any of that <laughs> like he just he was just like i'm gonna be in la around this time yada yada whatever oh wow you know come over here bring your equipment <laughs> and we just we just did it and he he invested in me bro so you know Everything that happens from this point on is almost like paying him back in that way. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I have a lot of respect for him and I would never want anyone else to not know about him. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's, that's really sums it up right there. That is, that's awesome. And you hear a lot of stories about that and I'm sure I'll hear more you know, going forward, but that's, that's amazing, man. Talk yeah. about this album. Uh, how does that work? I mean, what's, what's the concept of it when you know that you have, you know, some bars that he's laid down and you've got to work on the production side of it. Are you trying to feel like, okay, this is, this is how he would want it, or this is how it works the best. I mean, that's gotta be a little difficult because you don't have him to bounce this off of, right. When you're trying to do the, the finishing product. Yeah. Yeah, bro. If I'm being honest with you, I'm, I'm very lucky. That project it it's similar to, other albums where someone passes like right before like it was almost already done you know what i'm saying like we had we had a majority of the project done i would say like 90 percent. okay and then um the little after things were given to um see money he's the guy who ended up helping us um mix and master the project so like whatever you know sonically he wanted like he wanted the beat to drop out here or whatever that was already like written down like it was almost like he knew that there's a chance that someone was going to need it like physically, you know what I'm saying? Without him having to tell you. So, you know, luckily, man, like we already had the verses in the beats were already done. Like this wasn't like some, some microwave album. We, this is something we really curated together while he was still here. And as far as like 
certain things. Like, because there's a couple of songs that ended up not making the album, not because they weren't quality enough, but thematically, I just felt like they didn't fit. And um, even after the fact, I, I had a lot of weird kind of guilt, man, because, you know, you want to do what's best for the project. And I know that he, like, you almost play in your own head thinking like, oh, you know, he wouldn't want that. But while he was here, he was very, very, very open to any idea that I had. He would say, hey, man, like, I think it, it's cool, but, you know, this is your project, too, and you're the producer. He always gave me direction. There and it's go. so weird coming from from a young kid to, like, an older man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like he, he was always, like, willing to let me be in the driver's seat as far as, like, sequencing and things like that because he he believed in me and what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of gave me a little bit of an idea like maybe maybe it's time for me to kind of take that next step up in the same way that he would do you know what i'm saying so little things like that weren't really that big of an issue but they started out really really hard to kind of muster up like the strength to do because i was this this project man it was it was hard after a while like i didn't want to hear his voice at all just because of him passing like it was it was so hard for me to go back to it and remember who did this you know what i'm saying so you know over time just kind of like getting my whole mental together and thinking about the fact that i can't just sit on this like he wouldn't want me to just sit on this regardless of him his involvement or not right like he wouldn't want me to just stop making music you know i ended up tapping back in with griff and with lex and uh see money and we just wanted to do what was right for him man and i'm glad that a lot of people some sometimes even first buyers are coming around like to listen to it and tell me how dope it is and how ill he's rapping man because that's all he wanted you know what i'm saying and it, it was it was hard but i'm glad because it really did pay off well it, it did pay off well a lot yeah it really means a lot just as a as a fan and everything just to kind of know the behind the scenes of it that you know a lot of it was already kind of done but you know of course like you said there's little things here and there and just how yeah. much effort you know was to put it together and to see that you both had the same vision on this and it's just um a credit to both of you guys working together and getting this thing done and you know a lot of people are gonna maybe this is the first time they hear him and they're gonna hear him yeah. at like his peak i mean he was really i think griffin and zillow were saying also like the sword was getting so sharp and he was the bars are just coming ferocious as as uh as the end was coming but he was really uh dropping some real lethal verses man and and you could hear it here man yeah. you could hear his his swag is is uh top notch on this one yeah man he he was always trying to be fly over my joints man like that was his whole thing and i i respected it a lot you know what i'm saying like he he would always kind of want everything to be super you know gritty but but really smooth at the same time if that makes any sense you know what i'm saying without so, a doubt you know he was always trying to flex on my joints you know what i'm saying so. <laughs> man yeah well it wouldn't be a scorsese album if there wasn't some sort of wrestling you know reference and the steiner math track I'm, it's like yeah this is just you forget about that promo where steiner's doing the math about the percentages and of course yeah, you know, yeah. of course that's got to be on a scorsese album there's no way he doesn't have some wrestling <laughs> talk about that track yeah bro that one i remember i think that was the first one that kind of kick-started the winter catalog we had done a track in studio the night that summer catalog was over but that one kind of just sat but i forgot exactly what happened with this joint i want to say like leading up to it like maybe in uh, i'll say like october or so i 
had made a song. It was called Winter Shootout. And I sent it to him. And then he was just like, oh, my God, like, like, this is it right here. And when he had sent it back to me and called it Steiner Math, I was just kind of like, OK. And then I listened to it. And <laughs> You're like, I don't know what Steiner phone. is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I- I've heard of Scott Steiner, you know what I mean, through some other stuff. But I was like, OK, whatever. Like, let me let me hear my whole thing. And then when I caught that last part, I was like, bro, this is hilarious because <laughs> like <laughs> I, I didn't know nothing about that. So then when I kind of brushed up on what it was about, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that was just kind of his whole thing. Like he played into a whole, you know, not character per se, but like almost like a persona. So it was just like it reminded me of what he did at the end of Doc Colossus where he kept doing math. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he kept <laughs> even saying in the background, do the math, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah, man. So like when, when, when we had that song done, I was like, Oh, it's a rap. Like I already know this project is going to be, going to be dope. And I already was kind of, you know, sharpening my own sword as far as beat making goes. So that was kind of a cool little thing. Like I knew I had a good join in when he was willing to rap on it so fast. Like that turnaround was maybe like less than a day or something like that. He would tell me like, yo, I'm gonna come in around Saturday to the studio, send me like five beats. And then I would send him a couple, whatever, whatever. And then I would get them back the next day. And some of them would kind of be like, okay, yeah, I didn't get a good enough take, whatever. But that one came back immediately. And I was like, all right, bet, like we got one. So, yeah, man. That's got to be something, too, as a producer, knowing that you know, you're sending beats to somebody and you're getting almost instant results as opposed to like maybe you send out you know, beats to somebody you almost never hear back or you got to keep bugging yeah. on like, hey, man, you hear this beat, you hear this beat. And you're like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. what's that like as a producer when you send something out and you not only do you get a, f- a quick response, but it's it works perfectly for what you're trying to do? Oh, it's a blessing, man, especially like if you got a whole i was actually the one funny enough that was always lagging on him (laughs) (laughs) there it is (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying like he would always be bugging me and like being like like bro i I need the stems like i need blah 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 you know and um i think it's also because i'm kind of i'm new to this you know what i'm saying like this is all something that i'm not i don't have all together just yet so I, I didn't know how to balance like my work life and my music and my home life, you know, There you go. but he's already been doing this. So I was always like kind of trying to get to where he was at. But as far as getting the beats back at a certain time with all the, the verses laid on them and everything, it's a blessing, man, because you at least feel like this is forming into something, you know, because a lot of times I'll be sending beats out and they I have an image in my head of what I want them to be. And then either they don't come back at all, or then I feel bad if I have to give a beat to somebody else. So you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. and, and you know, for shells, a lot of the time when I would give him something, it's because I can only see him on it. So uh, like, there you, go. you know what I mean? So that would be dope too. Cause then it's almost like the vision is realized at that point. Like, all right, cool. Now, now I can knock that out. Now let me work on something else. So, you know, he was just, and also it says something to a lot of people when, when you do that, because it says that they, you, they care enough about your art that they're willing to put time into it. They're willing to put That's their own energy into yeah. it and get, you know what I mean? Because time is, you can't get that back. So if you got the time like to do it and you're willing to do it as soon as possible and whatever, whatever, then it's like, you know, that means more than anything. For the most part, especially with shells, like all the music we've ever done, it was never on a transactional basis. I never charged him for a beat at all. And it was just because the love was there and the respect was there. Man. So and it shines know. through, I man. That's that's how good music is made and it, it yeah, shows on this yeah. album, man, and the and the summer catalog as well. And yeah, that's that's great, man. I mean, again, it's just another another Scorsese tale that I'm I'm hearing about and <laughs> it just, you know, adds yeah. to the legacy, man. 
Just, just. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, did you know about the, speaking of Scorsese tales, do you know about Jet Fuel? I mentioned this on a podcast with the Free Music Empire. Oh, no, I don't think I know that one. That doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, all right, all right, bet. So <laughs> I, had just got, I, I had just gotten off of work, and when I went to the studio to meet up with Shells, you know, he was kind of doing his own thing, really dope guy, made me feel really, like, you know, welcomed. And we were just getting tired after a while, you know, just being in the studio for, like, four hours in the same seat. And I, he had a canteen, and I see him with uh, an energy drink, cracks it open, pours it into the canteen. Then he pulls out a bottle of bourbon. Whoa. And then he starts pouring it into, into the canteen. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And he just goes, uh, oh, man, around my way, we call this jet fuel. Eee. And, bro, he literally the whole time that we were there for the rest of the night, in between takes, he would be drinking that. And he did not slow up at all. He, In reality, like, he just got, like, that much harder in his delivery and everything. Like, he was just, like, on one. So... That always cracked me up. Every time I talk to people about him, like that memory is the one that stuck with me. Did so, you take a sip yourself? Did you try the jet fuel? Nah, nah, <laughs> man, I, was chill, I was chilling on it. I was like, nah, bro. Yeah, he, he had shown up like already like on 10. So I was like, I, if that's what you're on, like I can't handle that. <laughs> I was chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just kind of like there, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, too, and, you know, I, I don't know how much you drink, but you said you're young, like in your mid-20s. So, you know, depending on if you were doing it at the legal time, we won't get into that. But, you know, you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're legal over here. Baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but your your life experience of drinking is at a different level than someone who's in their 40s who's been, you know, killing it. Right. And they know their tolerance right. and they know what gets them going. And, yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine a young yeah. cat who's maybe kind of new to drinking, take a sip of that gasoline or whatever you had <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man i was uh i i had already kind of like you know had a sip or two from at that point i was i want to say 23 but you know i was just more so enamored by like what i was looking at i was just right. like dang like like this guy is, you know what i'm saying yeah. like it all makes sense now <laughs> oh so, man that's like yeah, uh, I'm, it, i'm getting flashbacks when i had 151 for the first time i was like whoa this is like straight right. gasoline, dude. Like, I, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I had tried a Everclear, I want to say, a year and a half ago. That was like, that was an experience. Yeah, <laughs> man. I've never, I, I've never gone overboard with no type of alcohol like that. I'm a very casual drinker to like the highest extent. Like maybe a drink a month, if that. Yeah, I was just like, I want to see it because I, I doubt it's that bad. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm not even gonna hold you, man. So. That, that's great, dude. Jet fuel. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Jet fuel. Yeah. <laughs> that's in the Scorsese lexicon now. Man, that might be a, a hidden trap. We need to hear something called jet fuel. For real. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real. Yeah, that's gotta be a whole concept. For real. There you go, that's man. Out. Man, and uh, you know, again, speaking of the beats, again, I think my favorite track on here has to be "You Killed Vera." This beat is just sinister oh, on this man. one, you know. Salute for this one. I I was mad feeling this track. That's so funny because that that the time like prior to him like doing all the finishing touches to it, I hated that beat. That beat is like one of the oldest man. beats on the project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that came out. I want to say like around, or I had made it around like maybe uh like half a year prior to him recording it or something. And I I thought it was cool, but I didn't feel like you know it was going to be what it was. But once he started kind of just rapping the way that he did and you know what I mean? Like 
just going off and rapping about Chinese math and just doing his own thing. And obviously in putting the Dexter clips at the end, I was like, sheesh, man, like this, this turned out a lot yeah. crazier than I thought it would be. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it, man, because now it's one of my favorite project or favorite joints off the project myself, like one of three. So yeah, it definitely sure. seems to fit the vibe pretty well. You know, and it's like right yeah, in the middle of the album, yeah. you know, like in case you, know, you need that jet fuel, <laughs> here's the track that's going to yeah, get you right. back into it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm glad that you picked up on that because that's, that's how I sequence albums a lot of the time. I, I like to kind of have it played out. It's almost like a platinum plate. It was a way to kind of like wake you back up. You know what I mean? Because I think because it's such a vibe, you kind of get lost in it, but it's to kind of remind you that you're not safe, so to speak. Right. So, so I'm glad you I'm glad you caught on to that. Yeah, and I was even trying to figure out, you know, the uh, the sample as the movie sample or TV show. I'm like, what is that? Is that from? I mean, it sounds like Breaking Bad or Dexter. I couldn't put my finger on it, and I'm like googling yeah, "You Dexter. Kill Vera." Like, what's this from? You know, I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So he just he just helped me out. Now it's it's Dexter. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was into a lot of shows too, man. He was into a lot of shows and movies. And I thought I was into a good little amount of movies. Nothing crazy, but you know, I felt like I kind of knew a little bit. But his references like crack me up because I'll just be like, there's no way I would have known that or just the way you say it, you know? Right. But when he did that, too, I was like, Dang, like, where's this from? This sounds like a like a crazy movie. But now it's from Dexter. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a crazy show. So, you know, just about. <laughs> yeah. I, I never got into it, if I'm being honest with you, bro. I was a Breaking Bad dude. Like I was hype on that show. So when I heard the Dexter clip, I was like, maybe I need to get back into that. Or look into that. You know? Yeah, and it just came back, so. too. I haven't seen the new season because I don't have Showtime. And anybody wants to give me their password, let me know. But, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen yeah, every man. season up until the new one. Uh, yeah, you dig it, right. man. If you like Breaking Bad, I, I love Breaking Bad. I put Breaking Bad and Dexter like in my top five or top ten shows of all time. So, yeah, you should definitely yeah, check out man. Dexter, man. It's it's a really good show, man. Yeah, I've been trying to run through the gambit of like all the old movies and stuff, like all the classic movies. There's some of them I still haven't seen, kind of because like another thing, even with Dexter, like I kind of shy away from like crazy fandom at times. Like if everybody's talking about it, I'm not going to see it until it's not important anymore. I feel like, you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like I still haven't seen Squid Games or any of that. I haven't like, seen I, it either. Just, yeah. You I know haven't. what I'm saying? So yeah, like, like all of that or like, for example, like the movie Scarface, I still have never seen that movie, even though it's not popular because it's not like it, it, you know, dropped yesterday. But yeah, but you got to underground hip hop is Scarface. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm almost like, I don't know. Do hip hop credentials get revoked, that. man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, bro. Hey, bro, I, I, I got I got some hot takes of my own, bro. Like they're be- they're better movies. I'm positive than Scarface. I, sure. I'll tell you like, this. You don't hear Goodfellas like that. You know what I'm saying? No. So, like, why? Good point. Or Casino, for that matter. Casino's probably a better yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so I feel like Scarface, for real, like, yeah, it has a good little rap for it, but there, there's some ill movies outside of Scarface. Like, reference another mafia movie or another drug movie, you know? You might even argue Carlito's Way is better than Scarface, but I, I get it. Like, the whole, I saw Scarface maybe 20 years ago, so it was way after all the references and everything and yeah i like it and i definitely you know started doing the voice and impressions like everybody else did and there's definite (laughs) you know there's definite things you know that that are from it that are iconic but as a movie if i was just judging the movie it's not as good as the legacy (laughs) of it is 
you know, as people put it up there, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I get it. Right. You know, I remember when Cribs was a thing, they'd always have the, the Tony Montana picture on the background. Like, that's how they want to live, you know, sitting in a jacuzzi yeah, looking yeah. at pelicans or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> for real, though, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, man, it, I feel like it's, um, it's important to almost like precede the actual content there. Because like a lot of times, you know, things get etched into pop culture and that's kind of its own thing. But then once you look back, you're like, yeah, there were some glaring issues with this. Oh, the music is terrible in it. (laughs) I mean, the music music is awful. Yeah, dude. Because I I, I feel like for myself, I'm I'm big into, um, like, if something's bad, I kind of want to tap into it because I know it's bad. But everyone talks about how great Scarface is. You know what I mean? So, like, if I can look into it and have it with the goggles of, like, this this may not be a great movie, then I'll do it. <laughs> no, nah, it's it's but. uh it's here's a here's what Scarface is it represents something and it has lived on because of you know the Ghetto Boys and everybody else who's referenced it or named themselves yeah, after something from yeah. it. So it has uh, a life of its own. But as far as like just judging the movie, the score is awful. Um, some <laughs> of the scenes in it are cringy, but you know, and it's just kind of crazy. And I don't want to get too much into it because you haven't seen it, so I don't want to ruin the movie. Right. But right, uh, you right. probably just being in the scene like you are. You probably know more about it than you without even watching the movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I probably have like my own like I forgot what it's called, like a Cliff Notes version of Scarface already. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> right. So uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I'm cool on the movie talk. The way that you're referencing Scarface is how I feel about American History X. It's one of the most overrated movies ever. Oh. And it's like in IMDb's like top twenty, I think. Yeah, it's pretty overrated. Well, and that's even a movie that just because some of it's just so gruesome i can't watch it more than one time yeah but i get why it resonated with people and i get like why people really liked it and i i liked the movie but it's not something that if i'm naming my favorite movies it's not even something i would throw out there as as a favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah edward edward norton was nice in it for obvious reasons like you know he did his thing in that but like i mean i, I don't know exactly if the message came across the way that they intended to like it was supposed to be like a racial kind of commentary type thing but you know it was uh it wasn't it didn't do nothing for me personally but i heard a chick at the time that i was talking to tell me that american history x was her favorite movie so i i, I watched it and i was just really uh, not impressed yeah. you know what i'm saying i was like i don't, I don't know about all this bro yeah, I I get it if it's a movie that gave you something, <laughs> gave you like some sort of yeah. idea on what the world is like, I guess, through their eyes, but uh yeah. I I can't. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, man. There's better Edward Norton movies out there. Uh 25th right, Hour exactly. is a better one to watch, the Spike Lee film if you're looking for Edward Norton movies, go check that out as opposed to For sure. American history. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it alongside the Scarface. You know what I mean? Man, if you ever watch do watch Scarface, I need to know what you think of it. You know, it needs a better oh, score. Bro, That's my bro. number one problem with it. The, the music <laughs> is 80s awful. <laughs> hey, bro, if, if, I, uh, if I end up dropping a project and coming back on the podcast, I'll, I'll more than likely, in addition to that, 
I'll include a little rundown of my thoughts. On oh Scarface. man, dude, I'm gonna hold you to it, you know, because I I started no, I started a segment on here last year called Infinite Torture, where I make myself watch movies that I never wanted to watch or listen to an album I never wanted to hear, and I've been watching some really bad movies. I got The Room as my next thing to watch. Oh um, man, but yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know what? Add this to your to your watching list if you haven't already. I told Mighty Healthy about it. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, after last season. Nah, never seen that, bro. <laughs> you just just look up after last season. It's a that movie. Probably it's a movie. And okay. It was, it's not like. It's not like an after-school project, I think. This was made on actual film and actually released in theaters called After Last Season. <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Okay, I'm and always I'll, looking I'll, for... I'll hold you to it. I'll okay. hold you to it. No, I... <laughs> I watch Bloodsport and Samurai Cops, some movies that are just awful, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I genuinely think this might blow them out the water because it doesn't even have a famous actor to kind of like lean on. So that's the recipe for a shitty movie, right there. Okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah After yeah, last yeah. season, I'm writing it down right After now. That's that's season. that's on the list of things for me to torture myself to. So thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, I was about it. To say. Yeah. yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm glad I never put that to Scorsese because I bet you he would have been like, man, here's a bunch of garbage you go watch, you know. Right. But they'd be and things I like. Right. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen Juice? It sucks. Like, wait a minute, dude. Come on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why are you trolling me, man? Uh <laughs> You know, speaking of things I don't like, I, I'm a Bears fan, and there's a track in here called Brett Favre. I'm like, oh, man, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's definitely yeah, yeah, like, slinging it on that one. Bro, that that's one of a lot of people's favorite tracks, too. Like, I was happy with the way that that joint came out, too. Like, the hooks and everything. That's, like, another example of how nice he was with his joints, because, like, his hooks were always, like, so interesting and so you know, detailed in the way that he wanted it to be or whatever, you know what I mean? So I, I'm I'm sorry for the for the bears. No, it's all good, man. It's know. good. But no, as far <laughs> as the, the joint, I'm glad I'm glad it, you know, translated well. Oh yeah. No, I definitely his parallel to like Brett Favre, just letting people know you can still sling the football. I mean he's kinda like doing the same thing with you know, letting you know like I'm doing this. I'm killing it with the you know with these verses just in case heads didn't right. know. So I, I like that aspect of it. He definitely definitely put it together there. Yeah, man, he was a he was a very well rounded person. Like, mind you, I, I don't I don't watch sports. I don't you know, I'm very barely into like any sort of pop culture. You know, I never really was big on wrestling because when I was young, my mom didn't even let me watch it. You know what I'm saying? So like there was so much that I'm not familiarized with. So being around him, it was like you got to, you know, you got to get a crash course in this before you can even understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you think about so, it, this like, album's got Star Wars, wrestling, uh, Pam Greer, <laughs> Dexter, yeah, football. Exactly. And you're like, I don't know what this stuff is, man. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, man. Like one of my favorite references was it was a meme reference. I don't know if you've seen that that meme of a dude and he said, I pulled up to my enemy's funeral just to make sure that he's dead. And then it said, hashtag RIP Bozo. Wow. And and <laughs> Shells mentioned that on the first project. <laughs> and when I heard that and then he like he reminded me about that that post, I was losing it because it was like, that's so funny. Like, what even made you think of saying that? And anytime I see R.I.P. Bozo, I always think about him because he was just, you know what I mean? He was every line that he had was like multi-layered and he always had some reference to something. And you know what I'm saying? So that's great. I, I'm so I'm so glad that like he kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things that I just wouldn't have cared about otherwise. 
you know. Yeah, and he's good at that. And even people like myself, who I thought I knew a lot of pop culture stuff, like psh, hitting me over the head with things, and you know, definitely Bozo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we grew up on Bozo out here in the Chicago area. He was on our TVs yeah. in the morning, so scaring kids before they go to school. Like, here's some Bozo. Right. <laughs> RP Bozo. Yeah. yeah. Man, uh, another past guest that's been on this show a couple times is like my guy Alaska, and he's on a track too, simply for Shoot. Mr. Vengeance, man. Another another banger on here. I like how they how kind of transitions from him to, to Alaska. It's, it's not a lot of time between when they, they change verses, you know, with each other. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Alaska killed that. That I, I hate like saying, oh, this is my favorite verse or whatever, whatever, because, you know, it changes so frequently. But man, Alaska, he did his thing on that, bro. Like he really went off on that joint. I was so I was so happy to see his name listed as the feature guest. Yeah. I don't think Shells mentioned it until he brought it back to me. But yeah, man, he, he went off on that joint. Like I was just so grateful that he, you know, did his thing on it the way that he did. And, you know, I, I've always seen him from a distance, like him and Rock and, you know, all of them, you know what I mean? Like the kind of call out culture type, you know what I mean? Right. People over there. So when I saw that Shells was kind of bringing me into their world for a second, I was like, that's what's up, man. I'm so I'm so grateful for that. So, shoot. And then that was another reference because that's a movie reference, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. That's a movie that I still haven't seen. So. Oh, man. Yes, I haven't seen it either. So, again, he's yeah, he's giving us things to do. Say, <laughs> Go yeah, watch this movie. Yeah, for real, bro. Like, even, even past everything that's happened with him, like, you know, he's still got us doing homework now. I want to say telling you. that movie is uh, connected to the movie Old Boy, which is another movie I still haven't seen. I'm right there. But... I haven't seen that or the remake that Spike Lee <laughs> did. I'm fully aware yeah, of them, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but that that's where a lot of his things come from, man. It's so, like I said, it's multi-layered. So he definitely wants us to be just as knowledgeable as he was. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, man, super, super hard joint. That's that's great, man. Yeah, Alaska, I, I just love how it's like seamless where his verse ends and then Alaska comes in. It's almost like like they're rapping in unison. I, mean, I just I, I think that's what's something I got as a listener out of it. I was like, man, this is cool. Like I could barely tell that Alaska kind of came in there. It's almost seamless. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just simply with a yo and then just his verse just comes straight away. He, <laughs> right. he killed that joint. Man. Yeah. Man, what what's been the reception York, of the album so far as a whole? Have you gotten a lot of feedback on it and Yo, like I, I've been told by a good amount of people, bro, and, you know, this is nothing against anyone else, because I'm a fan of other people's projects with, with shells, you know what I mean? Like Lobster Tales and Midnight Express, and even the, the remix joint that Mighty did for him, you know what I mean, on the Nation Gang joint. Right. But, man, I've had people tell me this is the best they've heard shells rapping like on my beat and that's like that's an honor man yeah like, man i i was my whole thing with making beats for people and making projects with people is just that i wanted the cohesion to be there and the fact that people can literally hear that is a blessing and then on top of that just the project as a whole like people who heard summer catalog because as much as i like that project my beats were still kind of in their infancy and i didn't exactly know what shells could do on what songs and whatever but on this one i felt like i was really flexing my muscle that i didn't do on the first project so it was kind of dope to see that like people were interested in kind of the little off-kilter beats as opposed to straightforward joints you know what i mean like conversations with palpatine doesn't sound like a, like a song that would right. have been on summer catalog and you know i was just super super grateful for that and a lot of people have been buying the merch man like thanks to squat squat dead face did the cover so you know, people have been buying a lot of the CDs, a lot of the cassettes, hoodies. Our hoodies are sold out, 
our polos are almost sold out. Like the reception's been nuts. I, I'm so grateful, man. Like everybody who's been even sharing it on Instagram and not buying a thing, like you still got a lot, a lot of love, man. It means a lot. Man, no doubt, no doubt. And yeah, go ahead and talk about where people could find the album. I see it's on Bandcamp. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other places as well. And man, just salute for this project, man. Yeah, man. It, it's it's such a blessing, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Where could people follow you and other stuff you've done besides the work with Scorsese? You have a you have a band camp as well, and uh, yeah, I do actually. Um, so my band camp, I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it's prod by panels at bandcamp.com. Uh, you know, you can find me on Spotify as just panels in all caps. My Twitter is panels did it. My Instagram is what happened to that boy, B-O-I instead of B-O-Y. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had the rights to the actual panels that's on, that's on Instagram. So I'm trying to work that oh, out. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, you can find me. Yeah, man. Uh, I, got a, I got an old project on there, time trials on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. I got a mix called the Phoenix Mix on there. I'm trying to get a joint out this year. Um, I think it's the first time I'm saying it publicly. It's called VT Tape. That one should be dropping sometime this year. Yeah, man, I got a lot of stuff in store. So if you guys are willing to just kind of hear me out and throw me a follow, man, you'll be you'll be hip to it. Man, no doubt. Everybody definitely follow you on all the social platforms and Bandcamp and search out this album. This is really this is really something. East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. And like I said, I was going back and playing Summer Catalog because I somehow missed it. I'm sure Shell sent it to me and it just, you know, got, got with everything else that he sent. I just forgot about it or slept on it. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is just crazy how good this album is, too. So, you know, salute, man. This is a, a real banger. And everybody, I, I can't even say it enough, definitely go out there and listen to Scorsese just doing his damn thing and panels with those beats, killing it, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Long live Lord Jones, man. Without a doubt, man. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. And yeah, when you watch Scarface, let me know because I'm, I'm curious to see what you think of it. <laughs> right right for sure man i'm gonna definitely let you know you already know what it is if i start hearing samples from it on your work then i'll know either (laughs) either you liked it or you're just going with the trends yeah yeah maybe it'll just be like uh like an inside joke type thing like i don't really like this movie but i'm sampling the hell out of it because you hip-hop heads like it i'm trying to get my streams up man You rap heads, that's all you guys care about is Tony yeah, Montana real, shit. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 for real. <laughs> man, I, I yeah, love that man. beat how you put. I'm gonna do my thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love that beat how you put Tony Montana in there, man. Like, oh, great. Uh, that's yeah, why you like it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, look, you got Al Pacino doing a verse on there. I, I, that was dope. <laughs> that was. T- <laughs> like that Pelican joint, man. That's yeah, shit. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I definitely gotta, like, you know what, bro? On one of my projects, just for you, I'm gonna put like a bunch of every song is gonna start with a with a Scarface skit. Oh, dude, <laughs> that'd be yeah. something, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you, dog. No doubt, man. Dude. Big up for coming on the show, and I'm definitely gonna check out that that other solid movie you told me to watch as well. Uh... Yeah, man, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, after last season, that's gonna be the way that we tie this this podcast. There it is, man. There After it is. last season, you're getting a plug right here. Oh, shit. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, dog. No man. doubt, man. Good looking out for coming on the podcast, man. And everybody listening, go check out, man, th- this new one, East Hampton Polo Boys, 
Winter Catalog. Scorsese and panels and mad guests on here. Lots of features, but Scorsese doing his damn thing and panels killing it on the beats. Big up, man. Hey, man. Peace. No doubt, man. Man, that was a lot of fun talking with panels. Definitely go check out that East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. Check out the Summer Catalog. Him and Scorsese definitely did their damn thing on both albums, so definitely salute to him for coming on the show and telling me about Jet Fuel. (laughs) Scorsese's way to keep it going, keep his energy up. Like I said in the interview, I think the closest thing I ever got to that was drinking 151 with uh, my brother-in-law, although at the time he wasn't my brother-in-law, but man, that one messed me up big time. I've had it twice and I think both times it just felt like I was drinking unleaded, like just straight gasoline. (laughs) I think I do remember once, a real one, you might be able to, if you're listening, you might be able to tell me this one. Didn't we go in on a bottle of Grey Goose back in like, man, it was like 20 years ago or something, back at uh, Avenues? I remember drinking that up, dropping like at the time, which felt like a lot of money, like 40 bucks (laughs) on a bottle of that and doing our thing with some Grey Goose. I remember drinking that one. Woo! Yeah, the good old days. We didn't call it jet fuel. We just, it did keep us up though, because you had to keep the party moving. And Club Avenues, it was always popping there. So hit me back real and let me know if I'm on the right track. I thought it was Grey Goose. I think you're trying to copy like Nas or something. He might have mentioned it in a song and we needed to have some. It's kind of like when I was a youngster and I wanted some Brass Monkey because of the Beastie Boys song. And I had it once. I did get one time. I did have some Brass Monkey back in the 90s. It was all right. I'm sure you can make it now. I'm sure there's a way to concoct it, but it doesn't. I don't think you could buy the bottle of it like we, like I did back in the mid-90s when I was like 20 years old, 21 years old. So, you know what, real one? It wasn't Grey Goose. I think it was Belvedere. I just remembered. We had a bottle of Belvedere, and we killed it. And I definitely felt the effects of it. <laughs> no doubt. That was some real jet fuel. All right, enough of that stuff. Let's get back into the music. This one right here from Panels and Scorsese off the East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. Another one, you know, another banger on this album. This is probably my favorite track. You Killed Vera, Shoulda Killed Me. I really like this song a lot. We talked about it in the interview. So go ahead here. We're going to play it. Let you guys feel it, hear it, see what I'm talking about. So here it is. You Killed Vera, Shoulda Killed Me. Scorsese and Panels off their new album, East Hampton Polo Boys Winter catalog on the infinite banter podcast we have a little family tradition kyle before we start of saying what we're thankful for i'll start i'm thankful for this family pass your plates sally i'm i'm thankful for this lovely home Yeah. yeah Yeah, pop up when I'm needed, my money is a secret Can't reveal it all, give them morsels how I feed them Breadcrumbs for bird brains, dog food for wolf gangs Cast bait for fish fillet, 105 and turn lanes Transport, I whip the wheel, grip the steel You turn infamil, mush mouth, better hush now We cross lines when we touch down Arms up if you got stripes, don't false flag, you lack likes That's hard, Brody, better walk slowly Turn your lights out, you fat Tony, plus big Pussy, attack you, fall, you big rookie. We all madden with fly fashion, Gucci joggers, matching loafers. My art's a bonus, Kush Colonus, crime boss meetings down in Barcelona and fly Kimonas. Bill Shanks glazed with wine risotto. Post with photos, our face never featured. Bet the fans never reach us. Is this what it takes to survive with him? I'm thankful for this house, too. God. And 
know yeah. what I'm thankful for. Every choice a gamble, overcomplicated. Life is Chinese math, overconstipated. When shit hit the fan, tend to be more than you can handle. Danger like a zipper when you're going commando. Meet the tip if you slip, bet the pain be immense. Lobster bits, blue chips, lump crab meat dip, cufflinks gliss. Silver Smith pierce the cheese blints. Discuss rent increases, transform weakness into marginal strengths. DA versus my lawyers, let's see who blink. Steak Gosca inside pink, wine glasses clink. Celebrate escape from fed clutches. Purple lurkle stuffed inside a duchess. Apple custard, dessert served with fine bitches. Divine kisses, her line vicious. Candy rain, define wishes. This ain't Aladdin, but my princess Jasmine. Red carpet, where she model fashion. So fly, Christy secrets vanish. Shut up, cunt. It's time for you to go. Do I think I should stay? Yeah, sure, stay. Watch the show. I'm thankful for you, Daddy. Go to your room, Vera. No, she's not Vera. And she's not your goddamn prisoner. She's not eight anymore. This whole life, your life is a lie. These are lies. Fucking community hero. Jonah, this is... I know who you really are. Who am I? You're a killer. I should have fucking killed you when I had the chance. What up, it's your man Michael Myers, man. When I'm not bashing MCs over the head with mic stands, I'm chilling on the Infinite Podcast, man. We chilling. We doing it right. We doing it big. People think I didn't watch the movie. I remember the movie. No, of course you did. Of course. Yeah, you know I mean, so you can have you can't call something bad without actually paying attention to it. I do that pretty much all the time, so I disagree. <laughs> You're a, you're a terrible person. Yeah, it was it was fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, <laughs> That's yeah, a way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, complete garbage. Cool, Cam. You're making me feel like the Grinch because I had all this hate in my heart for Vanilla Ice all these years, thirty something years, and now you. Yeah, yeah I'm it. just warming you up to him. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, maybe wasn't that? Let me go listen to Ice. Let me go watch the movie. What's that Vanilla Ice movie at? <laughs> uh, cool as Ice or something. You know what it's called because you you went and seen it. You went you seen it. You went and seen it. You know what it's called. You know you know what it's called. This whole thing's gonna delete. Not only do you know what it's called, you was there opening day. All right. Yeah, instead of the Star Wars poster, I really have cool as ice. Yeah, yeah. With with the motorcycle and the whole shit, yo. Ah, so you seen it too? Hell yeah! Twice. You've got the, you the Blu-ray and the, and the special uh, director's cut. Hell yeah, I do. And I'm trying to run into so I can get my, my copy autograph, you heard? Get out of here. Complete garbage. All right, this is the Infinite Torture segment. Once again, I put myself through some real torture. Thank you, panels, for... I don't know if I should be saying thank you, dude. I mean, this was... 
It's not fair. You get to watch Scarface, and I had to watch this piece of shit. <laughs> this this Band-Aid-looking movie. Wow, because I had a Band-Aid that had a turd on it, for those who didn't get it, at the beginning. Time spent listening. You got to listen to the whole thing. Uh, this is a an awful movie, and Panel suggested it because they're talking about bad movies. I don't even know how to describe this thing. And I got a bunch of notes, so bear with me. If you want to watch it, it is on YouTube. Just look for after last season. It's about 90 minutes. I guarantee you that you will be bored out of your mind. It is poorly made, but I have it as a point of reference. So there you go. (laughs) So I'll just go through my notes here. You know, just overall, real quick. It's a terrible movie. Maybe you didn't catch that at the beginning. It's an awful movie. I don't even know if it's okay to call it a movie because it doesn't feel like a movie. It, it kind of felt like Blair Witch meets, like, uh, I don't know, a flaming turd. It's really bad. Poorly made, poorly acted, poorly scripted, poorly edited, horrible special effects. There's nothing about this movie that's redeeming whatsoever other than, hey, I've got 90 minutes to kill. Let me just watch some garbage so I can make fun of it. So it's obviously shot in their house. It opens in a, I'm using quotation marks, a doctor's office with a with a pink painted room. I've never been in a doctor's office that had pink in it and has a ceiling fan, like a very, you know, antique-ish looking ceiling fan. And then there's a, again, a lot of quotation marks in this one, an MRI machine made out of paper. It's so bad. And then the the person who's playing the nurse, you know, she's got the microphone and she's trying to tell the patient, you know, what to expect. And she flubs her lines and they don't even edit it out. They leave her bad line and her quote unquote good line in there. It it just sounds terrible. It's, it's wow. They it's, it's I guess it's about some sort of psychosis where you could like minority reports. I guess that's the point of this movie is that you could you could see something happen in your mind. And then it happens, and you could decide if you want to do something about it. So it sounds like it'd be a good premise if you look at it from that point of view. But when it's done with, apparently there was a budget for this. A lot of money was put into this movie, but you cannot see it on this film. I don't even know if they used film. However, they filmed this thing because it looks like it was done with their phone. I think all the money went into the special effects, which are very bad. <laughs> they keep saying voices in my head. Maybe think of that police record. I think if I did a shot like some jet fuel <laughs> or some gray goose or whatever, 151. If I did a shot of something, every time they say MRI in this movie, especially the first 20 minutes, I would be dead from alcohol poisoning. It felt like a class project. It felt like something that these are some film students should have gotten an F and they're filming something and they said, hey, let's just make it 90 minutes and call it a movie and we'll put it in theaters. I don't know what theaters this thing ran in, but apparently this was in a theater somewhere. <laughs> It's like scanners minus everything good about scanners. And I'm a big fan of scanners. But this movie is so bad, dude. And then there's like this random guy. The editing is terrible. It just keeps going to different things. And it just shows some guy sitting on a chair in a room with paper taped to the wall. And then apparently he died. He's laying on the floor. It's supposed to be blood, but it looks like V8 juice was spilled on his shirt or something. It does not look like blood whatsoever. I don't know what happened to him. Apparently he got murdered, and we're supposed to figure it out. It's a whodunit, but we don't know who did it because they never tell us. (laughs) 
But this whole thing is filmed in like a, it's, it looks like a storage compartment, like, like in the back room of a Menards or something. The main actress in this, the main character, she has an apartment, again, quotation marks, and it looks like a storage closet. There's like a couch and then like a bunch of like metal shelves with random things on it and then paper taped to the wall to hide that it's probably their bedroom. Which would have been better. Why don't you just film it in your house? Why are you filming it in a storage locker or wherever the hell they were? <laughs> this is made by some guy named Mark Regan, by the way. And Mark Regan sucks. I have what is happening like 10 times in my notes. Is there a setting director for this place? I mean, who decided to have it in a abandoned warehouse or a place that looks like a crime scene was there? Um, there's a guy with a bad Superman curl. And it looks like he's just reading his lines. He's sitting in a chair, and the camera is so far away from the actors. And he's just looking down at some papers, and he's just reading. And these are his lines. I, I wrote down here, there's still an hour left. Unfortunately, there is. Some chick looks like Molly Ringwald out of nowhere pops up. There's multiple shots of the ceiling fan. I kept thinking the ceiling fan was the murderer. They kept showing it. <laughs> there are shadows everywhere in this movie. I've never seen a movie that had nothing but shadows in it. They did very horrible lighting in this. And again, all they did was tape paper to a bunch of unfinished walls and called it an apartment or a doctor's office or a hallway to a condo. And it said this was in 2009, but they're all using landlines. So apparently nobody has a cell phone yet. I had a cell phone, I think, like in 2003. So, I mean, they're really, the budget obviously did not go to phones or these people in real life didn't have phones. I wrote on here, Edith Prickly inspired cheetah sofa. So she has a sofa that has like cheetah uh, <laughs> like decoration on it. And I'm a big SCTV fan. Edith Prickly wore, you know, like cheetah leopard type outfits. So somebody will get the reference. Now the audio does not match the actors at all. And I wrote down here, this is really important. Actors seem bored. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I am as bored as you guys are. <laughs> uh, let's see here. She goes to meet this guy with the Superman curl, and uh, this is the main actress. I don't know her name. They don't tell you much about characters. She goes into a room, and there's only one chair, and she's like, where should I sit? He's like, right here. There's only one chair. Why would you ask such a stupid question? <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> a boring movie doing hypnosis. This is, this is what this movie was. Yeah, acid or shrooms would not help. That's another note I have here. Apparently, the budget went to paper because the paper is the, the star of this film. It's the background. They make the MRI machine out of paper. Everything's made out of paper. Yeah, terrible CGI. Apparently, this movie is about a murder that we see off screen, but we never... I don't even know if we ever find out who did it. I, I, I think by the time they do reveal it, I was falling asleep and didn't care. I wrote, who is in charge of sound? The sound is terrible in this movie, but what else is new? There's a line where she's like, yeah, everything's everything that's happening on campus. I'm like, what campus? This is not a campus. You are at Home Depot. You're in an unfinished or an abandoned Home Depot with paper taped to the walls. <laughs> Oh, I also wrote that the, the Superman curl guy, I don't know his name, he needs to button his shirt because it kept like getting lower and lower. And I don't know what he was trying to do, but it was a bad look. Button your shirt, dude. Come on. And I also was thinking of X-Men, like this whole like tapping into each other's brains because the guy and the girl were sitting at a table and they were just trying to figure out how to go into each other's mind and see what's happening. And I was like, this is like Professor X. They're in Cerebral, except it doesn't look cool and it's just made out of paper and has like a file cabinet and a couple of chairs. And then the CGI feels like a really shitty RPG game. Anybody who knows me, I hate role-playing games. I can't stand them. So you have a shitty movie with shitty video game graphics. Great. 
<laughs> and I wrote down, does this qualify as a movie? I have no idea. I have no clue. And then apparently the crates in the room start moving. This is not the crate challenge. It was just different. And I was like, grab those crates. Put some records in those things. But all these items in the room, and it was just crates and chairs because, again, this is filmed in an abandoned warehouse or uh, somewhere in the back of like a, <laughs> a Menards. <laughs> it was in a storage closet. And then they showed the POV of the killer, and all it shows is just a messy clutter. It's just like a bunch of papers laying on the ground. So, you know, unlike in Halloween, when you see the view of Michael Myers and the knife and, you know, the bad stuff about to happen, it's suspenseful. It's scary. And here, it's just like he just looks over and sees papers on the floor. That's that's it. Like, that's what the POV is. It's, this is great. I put here in, in all caps, get a second camera. Everything is filmed with one camera. This is ridiculous. This movie is so bad. Did I mention the sound sucks? Yeah, it sucks. A chair goes flying at the murderer. He's just some guy who walks in holding a knife and kind of walking like, hey, I'm a murderer. Let me play a murderer. This is how murderers walk. And then a chair just flies and hits him. Very WWE. And that's it. He, he saves them, the chair, apparently thrown by the guy who was murdered, I think. And then they cut to a house where some woman and the Molly Ringwald chick is staring at a picture of some guy who I think was killed. And it's very weird because the photos are facing out. So what, there's a desk and they're not facing you. If you were to sit at the desk, they're turned around. I, I don't understand at all. But uh, like I said, it's like Blair Witch meets... A flaming turd. That's what this movie was. It's Scanners minus everything that was good about Scanners. What a terrible movie. So that's it. After last season, go watch it. It is one of the worst things I have ever seen. It might be worse than The Room, which I'm only halfway through. So thanks a lot, panels. You had me watch some real trash, and you get to watch Scarface and just get to understand all the hip-hop references. What a trade. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) What a shitty movie. Thanks, panels. Appreciate it, dude. After last season, the worst thing ever made. Go watch it on YouTube. Complete garbage. What's good, everyone? This is your man, M. Waysom, a.k.a. He Did It Again. And you're listening to the Infinite Banner Podcast, where the conversation can and will go in any direction. Music, movies, TV, sports, video games, life, and even cereal. Because it's the Infinite Banner Podcast. Check it out. After you listen to the Infinite Banter Podcast, do not forget to go listen to the Nameless and Unfamous Podcast. I'd like to introduce you to the guys. Meet Russ. So real quick, guys, follow us on Twitter at NAU underscore podcast and on IG at Nameless and Unfamous. Use the hashtag Nameless and Unfamous. Email the show. We'll send you a sheet of our new pod giveaway. This is Clark. We may or may not have shot off illegal fireworks. May or may not. <laughs> just, just how about this? Everything I say, there's a may or may not in front of. Ah, of course, Rojo. That's right, it's Random As News, as we always love to bring you the most random, random. crazy stories. Florida man, angry over gift shops, mass rule, exposes himself in front of children. And well, you have to watch out what you say around ADM. Okay, I'll just have you guys know this has 5% alcohol in it, okay? Russell, it might have 5% alcohol, but you are 100% bitch. What's your name? <laughs> what? My name. What's the name of our podcast? Wait, wait. Nameless and unfamous. Oh, let's get started. Listen, man. Infinite Banner Podcast, DJ Soundwave. It's your boy, Scorsese Lord Jones, a.k.a. Mr. Stacking Chips on Record, crushing every single letter me. One half a dream team, one fourth of the nation gang, one eighth of the zip squad, and one third of the motherfucking 
and subordinate. You motherfuckers get it, man. DJ Soundwave, he said he's going to give Scorsese the fucking mic and let him talk his shit. You know what fucking mistake you made on the Infinite Banner podcast? Did DJ Soundwave think that I couldn't come on his show and talk about wrestling or talk about comics or talk about hip hop? Did he not know that he brought the kingpin of crime on his fucking podcast to talk shit? This motherfucker's out his goddamn robotic mind. DJ fucking Soundwave, you motherfucker. Scorsese, bitch. Dream Team, bitch. Shout out to the homie Jason Griff. Shout out to everybody else running with insubordinate. Alex Ludovico, the Fedora Boys. Nothing but X's and V's. We don't give a fuck about your vows. You'll figure it out when you get it, man. We going crazy out here. And thanks, Infinite Banner. Thanks to the homie DJ Soundwave. Guess what we get to do? We get to talk shit. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that is Kirk Acevedo telling me to get the hell out of here, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm still trying to get over watching after last season. I'm sorry I put you guys through hearing me talk 10 minutes about that awful, awful movie. (laughs) But before I go, a couple of real quick things. I did see that the Hall of Fame nominations came out, and I was really excited to see A Tribe Called Quest as one of the nominated artists on there. So do the right thing. Put Tribe Called Quest in there. That's That should be an easy, easy one. And then there's some that I thought were already in there. Duran Duran's not in the Hall of Fame? Get that shit right. Correct that. Lionel Richie, he's not already in the Hall of Fame? Lionel fucking Richie should be in there. Come on now. Get Lionel Richie in there. Get Tribe Called Quest in there. Get Duran Duran in there. Get my childhood in there. Because I grew up on Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson and Prince and Duran Duran. Get them in there. Yeah, all of them are in there except for Lionel Richie. Get him. Come on, Dancing on the Ceiling? Might be one of the worst songs ever made, but, you know, Lionel Richie should still be in there. (laughs) He's part of the Commodores. Come on. But yeah, Tribe Called Quest should definitely be in there. I think I saw Pat Benatar. Yeah, she should probably be in there too. But this is the Infinite Banter Podcast. Again, thanks to my man Panels for coming on here and his movie suggestion. (sighs) Go check out his album with Scorsese, East Hampton Polo Boys Winter Catalog. You could probably play that album like three times in the amount of time it'll take you to watch after last season. I would recommend doing that instead of watching that movie. Follow the show on all social platforms at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, watch some uh, clips from past guests and stuff like that. Rate and review the show on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Check out my Spotify playlist. Just type in Infinite Banter on Spotify. And also hear the show on there. All right, let's go ahead and play one more song from Scorsese and Panos. This is from the Summer Catalog, not the Winter Catalog. So go listen to the Winter Catalog. But if you haven't heard the Summer Catalog, you definitely need to do that as well. This is Doc Colossus from their Summer Catalog album. And until I do another one of these episodes, and then I go watch After Last Season again because I... I need to figure out what the plot was. I don't I don't think there was one. Until I do another one of these episodes. Here's Panels and Scorsese, Doc Colossus from East Hampton Polo Boys, the summer catalog, and definitely go check out the winter catalog as well. Thanks again, Panels, for coming on the show. Until I do another one of these, I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. They really got me fucked up, man. I don't know how I feel about this shit. I've been drinking too. Check. Awkward movements, though coffins cause colossal bruises. In tune with the moon, we arise like rumors. Break backs like bread or communion. Act stupid, you can carry my jimmy. You dumb and dumb and drop anchor, Ron Ron dancing, doing the shimmy. Like step up 20, flows all white jewelry. Fire threes, think cerebus, the transform furies. My ball bite, whips, I push all the jit. Your chunk tuna, see chicken when you write your shit. 
Nighttime persists to the winter solstice. Kill a Moltrin, make magic, no hocus pocus. Or the last three years of Eric Spolstra. Red dot from the heat while I mutter chopa. Curse you and Hindi, sipping lime mimosas. Remain kindly sober. Train hard, takes time to coach ya. Bitch warmer, Rick Buca. Star destroyer, no Biff Busick. Excuses, you either die on or stay mellow. I'm a great fellow. Show up with the burner, take the silver cellos. Behind the scenes, string puller. Doing donuts in the pink Supra. I got dope, your son is a simp. Draw 38s, like 38. Plus, your coach is a bitch, your culture is shit. Captain's false flagging. Pulling rank, but everyone imagine dragons. That's why they easily pop, you easily got my soul baby powder. Left hand, Chad Butler, in the burgundy drop. That means I see the bitch in you, and my body react. I play for keeps, you a comedy act. Don't make me laugh, I'm everything you are. Times 20 plus 40, times 20 again. To multiply that, times 20,010, again and again. Till it sink in, you never can win. A weapon next with the gym, a cataract. The precipice, the evil resident. The anger not felt, kidnapping wives of the president. Retired niggas, my float of severance. Floating down the Chesapeake, a Chesapeake, the weapon speak. You rest in peace, arresting violence, the whisper silent. Slinging nicks in college, that's why the kicks on my feet was extra crispy. Sort of like the kicks and the snares, panel program. Grab you by the neck and shove you in the quicksand. I ain't with the shits, man. I'm Doc Colossus. and Polo Boys. Being on the infinite banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.